Good morning. Good morning. Last night was amazing, wasn't it? It was really cool. I got to uh, take Dr. Savelle back to Marion Municipal Airport, of all airports, you know, you think. Flew his, they, he has pilots, they flew his jet in there. I got pictures of the jet, and just so happened I had to help put bags on the jet this morning, so I was in there craning my neck going, wow, this is cool. Uh, thank you, John. But just such a great service. He loved the church, uh, and um, we are connected with him, and he is coming back. Uh, he wants to come back. He asked me, could we, you know, could he come back? He said, like it to be warmer. <laughs> said, yes, sir. Yes, sir. So uh, we'll stay in touch and we'll get that uh, booked. We're also, if you remember comedian Bob Smalley, Smiley, Smalley, Smiley. <laughs> yeah, I remember him too. <laughs> Hi, Bob. <laughs> he's awesome. And uh, he, we're going to schedule him again. He's waiting to get scheduled. And he was hilarious. Uh, he's best friends with Tim Hawkins. Uh, Tim is, by the way, going to be in Grove City in, I think, March or May, something like that. And uh, that's something you might want to look at, too. Just, you know, go and... and so it's good to laugh, isn't it? Just good to have fun. Uh, let's say hi to our online crowd. God bless you guys. Thanks for tuning in. Church is growing, and we're excited about what God is doing, and we are, we're just barely even scratching the surface. We have not seen yet what God is going to do. Somebody say amen to that. He's just doing great things. We've been talking about living blessed uh, and uh, just about the kingdom of God and, and living blessed. I was talking to Dr. Savelle this morning, and we were waiting on their jet to come, and he said, so, he said this. I've never heard this before. I mean, kind of, but never really. He said, he looked at me, and he said, have you ever heard the law of combustion? I said, what? He said, the law of combustion. I was like, oh, okay, well, I know the kingdom runs by laws. And he said, he was at a place, and he, he wasn't this, he loved this church. People were very receptive, and he was excited. But he said, where the people, the pastor was so hungry for a move of God, but the people were like stone, you know what I'm saying? Just like, I mean, you know, just couldn't get a, anything. And the pastor's like, we got to have, you got to come. You got to stay another night. You got to come. We need a move of God. And, and, and so I'm telling this because it's going to kind of fit in a little bit with the message. And so he's, you know, he's like, I don't know. So he's praying, Lord, should I come? And the Lord said, you should stay one more night at least right now and see how they respond. But I'm going to teach you about the law of combustion. And he said, okay. He said, this is how that works. He said he turned around. He said he preached the whole message. The pastor was on the platform. He turned his back to the crowd. The Lord instructed him to. And he preached the entire message to the pastor people didn't know how to take he said combustion <laughs> he, said he, he didn't turn around he was excited he's telling the pastor and pastor's like amen amen he said you should have seen the sparks fly he said finally the people were like i want some of that and then and pretty soon he said the whole place was ablaze with just people hungry for god now he didn't have to do that here because we got people hungry for god so we're talking about living blessed this, this particular week is called Already Blessed. And so I'm glad you're here. Let's look at Ephesians. Let's get started. Ephesians 1.3. All praise to God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ. Notice what this says. As we look at the scripture, it says, who has blessed. It's past tense. It's already done. We need to pay attention to this. Is there anybody in here that are detail? I know my wife is a detail person. Anybody else a detail person? Detail people notice things that people that aren't detail people don't notice. 
or if we're not detailed people, don't care. <laughs> Isn't that true? You're like, I don't, hey, you know, there's some things that people will let go because it's not priority to them. Now, if I offend you, it's not by a meaning to. You know, no sense in putting Christmas lights up every year. Leave them up. You can have them up for the same time next year. <laughs> a detailed person would be like, oh, no. They have to be down. They have to be put away properly. They have to be in the place where they're supposed to be. They must be labeled. People that aren't detailed don't think like that. But God is, how many believe God is detail? God, he knows everything that we say. He knows our thoughts. He is detail-oriented. He, he wants things here. Noah, this has got to be so many cubits. I want it here. This has got to be here. This is where the altar goes. This is where this goes. Detail. He likes things written, done the way he has them written. That's why the Bible is there. The reason I'm trying to make this a point is God has already blessed you. By grace, he's provided everything that you or I will ever need. And that's huge. That's a game changer because we don't think like that. We weren't trained to think like that. We weren't brought up in church to think like that. We weren't taught in church to think like that. If you need healing. Now, I want you to listen before you turn me off. You don't need God to heal you. He knew you would need it. So he already provided for it with Jesus on the cross 2,000 years ago. What we need to know is it's his will that we are healed, that we are whole, and how to receive what he's already done. If he's already done it, it's mine. I need to know how I can have that work in my life. What's the difference? If you think you have to ask God to do something he hasn't yet done, I want you to pay attention. Then there's an element of doubt. Will he do it or will he won't? If you don't think he's already done it, you're not sure it's going to happen. So there's doubt. Do you know doubt is one of the great tools the enemy uses? And I'm not saying great in a good way, but that's what he uses. Doubt, despair, fear. Come on. If he's already provided it by grace and in Christ he has, I need to receive it and believe that and get it by faith. Let's go a little deeper, can we? Here's an example. I'm guilty of all this too. So please don't think that I'm like, I'm just saying, I'm learning how to walk all over again sometimes. Some say, I believe God's going to heal me. I've said that. Sounds good. Sounds like a good statement. Really not a whole lot wrong with that statement. But it has also got a little thread of unbelief. 1 Peter 2.24, he personally carried our sins in his body on the cross so that we can be dead to sin and live for what is right. By his wounds, you are, A-R-E, are healed. According to that scripture... How many knows the word of God is infallible? That's a big college word that says there's no fault in it. Every word is true. It says you are healed. It's not in future tense that you are going to be healed. It is in past tense that you were already healed. You are healed. 
Jesus bore his stripes on his body on the cross 2,000 years ago, and that is when he healed you. Wrap your brain around that. We need to learn how to receive what's already been provided. And so this is the battle. The battle, because we're human, is in can do and what has been done. Can do and has done. Our first thought this morning, we need a mindset shift. You need to shift in your mindset. Let me, it, I, I get it. It's easier to release something you've already got than to get something you don't have yet. It's easier to release something you've already got than to get or receive something you don't have yet. It's a whole new way of thinking. And I'm telling you, I have to retrain myself. Even though I've been walking in the kingdom for some time and you've seen it work in my life, there's still times I get rocked back to the old way, you know? It just, it happens. I'm not saying it's good, but I'm saying we have to be on guard. That's one of those things. Be diligent, be wise, be on guard. The, animal, the enemy, is he's doing those things, walking around like a roaring lion. I want to learn how to receive God's blessing, not how to convince him to give it to me. I don't have to convince him to give it to me if he's already given it to me. Ephesians 1, 15 and 17, ever since I heard of your strong faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for God's people everywhere, I've not stopped thanking God for you. I pray for you consistently asking God, the glorious Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, to give you spiritual wisdom and insight so that you might grow in your knowledge of God. Notice in this scripture, this is Paul. He is not saying, oh God, please move. He's not begging. He's stating truth. He isn't praying the way that I probably would have prayed 2,000 years ago, or if I, somebody was going to read something I put down 2,000 years later. I might be saying, Lord, you do a new thing. Do a new thing. Pour out your spirit and move. That's a great statement, but listen to what I'm saying. This is what Paul's saying. It's, it's not wrong to say that, but Paul's saying, open up their eyes so that they can see what you've already done. Open up their eyes so they can see what you've done. Most believers today believe that God can do anything. But they also believe that he's not done anything, that he's done nothing, that he only moves if you hit the right button. And it's easy to start to think that. We think that it's all dependent on us. Did we say the right thing? Is this a, a certain formula? Is this a magic push button thing? Is this something that I have to do? Did we beg enough? Am I sincere enough? Maybe he'll move and do something. My friend, he's already done it. This is our second thought today. You have the glory. First, you got to get a new mindset. Remember Dr. Savell last night, he talked about some guy that said, get under the spout where the glory comes out. I heard some lady behind me said, we get hung by the tongue. <laughs> that ought to be on a t-shirt somewhere, huh? <laughs> but, you know, understanding... Sometimes we're like, God, just pour it down. Do you realize it's already here? It's in each of us. We have to let it out. 
God knew ahead of time. He knew every problem and all we would have. Each one of us, me included, everybody in the world and all of that. Every problem we'd ever... COVID-19 wasn't new for God. He knows it all. But through the, be- the death and the burial and resurrection of Jesus Christ, he made a way. It was all dealt with and provided for. There's no like, okay, Jesus died, but it's not covered under here's your exemption. COVID 19's in the exemption status. Did you get your shot? Did you got your mask? That's not, that's not part of it. All of it was covered under the cross. Past, present, and future. Say amen to that. Jesus is seated, seated at the right hand of the Father. Now listen, before you turn me out, before you go, <gasps> everybody, can you do that? <gasps> okay, now you got that out of your system. Here's what I'm going to say, but don't turn me out. Let me finish before you go. Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father. Now, I want you to understand the sequence of this. God sends his son. His son comes. He walks the earth. God on foot. He has to make the bridge. He has to pay the gap. He has to pay the price for the sins of mankind. He gets crucified. He dies. He's buried. Three days later, he he rises from the dead. Then he has his disciples. Over 500 people see him alive and walking. People touch him. He's real. And he says this. He goes, now i got to go to the Father. But I'm not going to leave you alone. I'm going to send the comforter. And and he goes up. And he seats. He seats. He does. He seats too. He, He sits at the right hand of the Father. And we have the Holy Spirit. Here's my statement. And again, don't shut me out yet. Jesus is not healing, saving, and delivering people. He's seated at the right hand of God. Technically, he's still doing that. So before you turn me out, that's why I said, but he's already done it. You need to listen to what I said. He's not doing it. He's already done it. And how he's working, still saving, still delivering, still healing, still setting people free. He's using people like you and people like me to go do what he's called them to do. He's already released his power. He's put power. The same power that raised Christ from the dead, if you're a believer, lives inside of you. Man, that's huge. You see, but we're in, in church. Growing up, we just thought, you know, it's just God is... And is God sovereign? Yes, God is sovereign. People go, well, you never know what God is going to do. You do too. It's in the book. You can find out exactly what his will is. And according to the book, his will is your well. His will is your prosperous. He likes to bless you. In this time in our lives, in this country, we need more lights. The world is dark. We need people that will light it up. We have to receive what he's what he's already done. Ephesians 1.18 says, I pray that your hearts will be flooded with light so that you can understand the confident hope he's given to those he called his holy people who are his rich and glorious inheritance. The New King James says it this way. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you may know what is the hope of his calling. What are the riches of his glory of his inheritance in the saints? Let me say to you guys, man, it's not about your calling. It's about his. 
We are about the Father's business, just like Jesus was. I'm about the Father's business. You're about the Father's business. It's not about, I might be called, but I'm called by the Father, so it's His calling that I'm falling under. Are you with me? All has been provided. He paid the price for everything on the cross. He has God's favor. Dr. Faber was in the house last night, and he was talking about that. And we're really, we're riding on the coattails of Jesus, aren't we? We couldn't have any power without him going to the cross, dying, and, and being resurrected. We have the favor of God because of what Jesus did, not because of what we do. It's about his power. It's about his blessing. It's about his anointing. It's about us following in his anointing in our lives. That's what this is about. Paul was praying that our eyes would be open to understanding the hope of his calling, the riches of the glory of his inheritance to the saints. We need to see what God has already done. If we knew and believed that, I think we would pray different. <clears throat> My kids, when they were growing up, would come to me and say, Daddy, please pray for me. And I'm not saying this to say, look at me, but here's what, the reason they would come and ask me. Because I would pray for them, and God would do what he does. And they would get healed. Because they believed, if I prayed, and you know what I believed? It was already provided for. My father-in-law, Charles, I, he was not real demonstrative. This is what he did, didn't he, Mom? He would just take his finger a lot of times, and he'd just go. He was almost like. One time we were at their house and Kim had a headache and he called Kim and Jody, that's his girls, you know, Kim being the oldest, those were his pups. And he called Charlie, he goes, that's my woman. He would say stuff like that, but Kim had a headache and, you know, and uh, she said, I need a head prayer. And he, he looked at me, he said, well, I'm going to take care of that. He walked over to Kim, just, it was almost like slow motion. Touched her head, and within seconds, her headache was gone. He'd just get a little smile on the crick of his jaw, go back. and You know why? Because he believed what Jesus did on the cross. And that power that was in him, that's what it was there for, to show the kingdom strong for God's glory. We sing songs like, when we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that will be. Great song. That's a knee slapper. <laughs> Love that song. Almost needs a banjo, doesn't it? <laughs> if it was bluegrass, my dad would be like, he's out there, they're playing bluegrass in heaven somewhere. <laughs> he's like, yeah, they are. And George Jones is a singing. <laughs> and he has somebody in the back, hey man. I mean, it, that's a great song. But we can have a piece of heaven here. We have to believe that. Even in the midst of a pandemic, doesn't it say, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on as it is in? Then why can't we have that here? Why do we have to live like we're in survival mode our whole life or just, I'm just holding on until Jesus comes? That's not his will. His will is that we be lights because we believe in the power of God. We believe that what we need has already been provided. That's why we believe we receive when we 
pray. Mark eleven twenty four, because it's already been provided. God has taken me to task on this. There's some things I believe for, and this is why. You ever argue with God? It doesn't work. God, he'll say, I said, I'm believing for this. And this is what God would say to me. I was believing for something one time. He said, he said no, you're not. I said, yes, I am. He said, no, you're not. I said, now, if it was my sister, we'd have a whole different argument. I'm, she'd say, I'm watching American Bandstand. No, you're not. I'm watching Gilligan's Island. Bandstand, Island, Bandstand, Island. Back in the day, some of you are like, American Bandstand, Dick Clark. Soul Train. Yeah, I remember that too. Anyway, can't argue with God. He said, no, you're not. And then he was quiet. And I said, why are you saying that? And he said, if, do you believe you have it? I said, sure. He said, where are you going to put it? I said, well, I was going to put it in a garage. He said, I don't see any space for it. Yes, God. You see, God's glory isn't just out there in heaven. The riches of inheritance are in each of us. His glory is in us. Some people want to see a glory cloud. They have to see a manifestation. I've seen a glory cloud. That's awesome. I think they're cool. I remember we were looking, uh, I don't know if it was Crunch and me and Mal or something. We were looking, I want to say it was Bethel, and there was gold dust in the air. It was really cool to see because you could see it. It was in the camera, There's, and they were saying, look at this, look at this. And there was like gold dust in the air. But there was clouds at different places, and it was, it was amazing. And I've seen glory clouds, seen angels, seen all that. That's wonderful, and I'm not saying that's not good. But if you're like, I won't believe it unless I see it, then you're not walking by faith. If you have to see it to believe it, that's, that's not faith. That's flesh. Anybody can say, I see it, I believe it. Magicians live off people seeing it and then tricking them with an illusion. The truth is, God says, I put the glory in you. I already put it in you. I'm telling you, we don't even have to be Clark Kent and go to the booth. You got superpower, resurrection, Jesus Christ, blood flowing in you to do what God has called you to do. You can go to people. You don't have to wait for me to get there. Pray for them. Believe God. Put the anointing of God. Slap some oil on them if you need to. Kim is, I love Kim. Kim said, we were praying for Maddie one day. She said, Maddie, Maddie was standing like right from me to Gibby. She goes, yeah. She said, call for your dad and I. Maddie looked at her like, what? She said, just call for your dad and I. Maddie goes, dad mom so she goes hey honey maddie's calling for us she grabbed some oil and we went over to maddie maddie's like what have i done because in the word it says call for the elders of the church they would anoint you with oil and they'd pray the prayer of sick and you'd be healed she was right there so we slapped some oil on her pretty little head and we followed scripture and we prayed for her. And you know what? We believed we received when we prayed and she was healed instantly. You've got the glory of the Lord. You want to get next to the spout where the glory comes out? Look inside. Paul's prayer was to open our eyes so that we could see what we've already got. 
Ephesians 19, or 1, 19 through 23. I also pray that you understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe him. This is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. Now he's far above the ruler or authority or power or leader or anything else. Think about all of what that's meaning, just so that you know. Okay, well, well, we'll do that some other time. Not only in this world, who, who's the enemy in this world? He's talking about him. But also the world to come. God has put all things under, under the authority of Christ and has made him head over all things for the benefit of the church. And the church is his body, is made full and complete by Christ, who fills all things everywhere with himself. Paul's, this is a prayer that we would see the greatness of his power to us us believers who believe him, we take him for his word. If God said it, that settles it. My wife, you can't convince her. If God said all things are possible, all things are possible, you can try to tell her all things aren't possible, she'll tell you, go away, you can't convince me of that. And she's passionate. You think I'm animated today? You should see her. I mean, she's ready. The power that it took to raise Jesus is greater than anything the enemy can conjure up. Come on. The power that Jesus, I mean, it's inside of you, greater than your hangnail. It's greater than your cold. It's greater than your flu, greater than COVID. It's greater than your finances. It's greater than your marriage problems. It's greater than your emotional issues. I'm telling you, Jesus Christ is greater. And that power is at your disposal. So if we as believers believe again that God has the power, then let's let him do it. But if we believe that he has the power, but he doesn't use it, he does nothing with it. That's why your life may be different from those that believe he does. See, sometimes there's no other way to put that. People are like, well, it's not working for me. I don't know what your belief system is. It works for me. Do you ever have discouraging times? Oh, yeah. Does God ever come in every time when you think he's going to come in right now? No. But then I got to find out, is there something I'm doing to short circuit that? Or maybe it is a timing thing. It's just not time. But I have to believe it's already done until it's done. I think we've been brainwashed to believe the power of God is just reserved for heaven. And we are just trying to exist. I think God has greater plans for you than to just exist. I, I know, please don't misunderstand. I think we, you know, in this life you will have tribulation. We all go through seasons. There are times that are harder than others. Anybody, we've all experienced that, right? I don't care who you are. If your pastor doesn't matter, you still have seasons. But you still have to keep your mindset in faith. You remember what Dr. Savell said last night, and you've heard me say it over and over again, but he, you know, I'm saying the same thing, maybe saying it different with different words, but he was like, guard your mouth. You got to watch what you say, because this is what we've done. I've done it, too. We come into church and church is great. And we're like, yes, 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 yes. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And we get out in the parking lot and we get a little bit of pressure and we're like, no, no, no. And we negate the things that we just believed. The great thing about God is we can get that back, but we just have to recognize that, sever those unbelief words, and get back on track again. Here's our third thought this morning. 
You need to be consistent. That's what we're talking about. Steady Eddie. Since we depend on the Lord, he never changes. You can depend on him. He's totally consistent. Same yesterday, today, and forever. Hebrews 13, 8. Now, there's people that are very timid. And there's people that are very demonstrative, very animated. I don't think there's anything wrong with being either of those. There's some, you know, matter of fact, one of the things I, I love about Kim's passion is because she's, she's very animated. I, and, and we're in those team huddles. How many are believing that we're going to get Pastor Kim to start preaching some? She's got a lot to say. She's got a lot, and God's put a lot in her. And I'm telling you, you will love just sitting there because it'll be okay. She will cheer you to heaven. I don't, th I don't think it's wrong to be demonstrative. I don't think it's wrong to be timid because there's some people that are just like, that's just not me. That's not in my makeup. So when other people are raising their hands and they're just like, I'm not comfortable. Some days you may be comfortable. Some services you might. Other services you're not. And you're just sitting like that. Doesn't mean you're not spiritual. Doesn't mean that you don't love God. No. No, it just means that's, you know, this is your personal thing. You, you know, I get it. But I think we have to also watch that if we are one way one time and we're one way another time and we're one way another time, we're going to be viewed as hypocrites. Well, that's quiet now. What I'm saying is be you. Don't put on for anybody and don't be somebody you're not. Don't fake praise. I'm just going to fake it till I make it. Not there you don't because it doesn't go anywhere. So let's just be real. It's okay if you're not comfortable to raise your hand. It's okay. You're not supposed to be judged anyway. They better get their eyes on themselves. So you just let God do what he needs to do in you. And there may be services where you're just like, I just need to go down front. I don't know why, but I just need to. Then you do what God's telling you to do. Other services, you're just fine staying where you're at. That's fine. I get being human. Some days are good, some days are bad. Anybody ever have a bad day? <laughs> but God tells us to try to walk in the spirit, not the flesh. There may be things that happen to you that you just have to go, oh. Have you ever said this? I'm crucifying my flesh right now. You ever bit your bottom lip because you got a lot you want to say, but you're trying not to say it? Mark, Mark Lowry was saying there. When he was growing up, his, his brother Mike was two, two years or so older than him. He said he just walked in the room. He said it was important because he was in there first. He said, and Mike walked in, he said he had that look on his face. He said, you know that look, that look that says, I need to be slapped. He said, so what was I to do? I slapped him. There's a lot of times in your life, you probably, maybe you're a business owner and you have associates, employees, you're like, Do you really want to work here? Have you ever had somebody wait on you that you're thinking, why are you even working here? Isn't your job to kind of help me? Hello? And there, we, call, we called for pizza the other day, called two places, got hung up on once. The other guy put me on hold for 10 minutes. It was the same place. My sister said, I think maybe we should go somewhere else. So we did. So I went somewhere else, and we got, we got great pizza for the dream team that was here getting ready for Dr. Savelle, and, and it worked out fine. But what I'm saying is, you know, 
something is not right where we called that one time. I don't know what was going on. Maybe there's a rush of people. I kind of doubt it because of the time that we called. But that's something that they have to deal with. But rather than get in the flesh, see, I didn't even tell you where it was. I'm not going to because it's not really important. We just have to stay in the spirit. God, I just blessed that business. You work that stuff out. He still took care of us. We can trust the Lord to lead us to victory. And we should walk, I wrote this down, supernaturally natural. That's a mouthful. Supernaturally natural. Our last thought this morning is this. You need knowledge. You need knowledge. Who you are and what you are and what you have in Jesus. What authority do you have? Most Christians don't live like, we just don't live like that. We don't, let me say it in the best way. A lot of us don't believe that we don't don't have that same power. It's nice to say, but we don't believe that we have it. Thus, we don't see results when we pray. If we can't feel it, can't see it, can't taste it, can't smell it, we got to get to the point where I don't have to do anything with my five senses. If God says I have it, I have it. If he says it's done, it's done. Paul prayed that our eyes would be open and that we would see with our spiritual eyes. And I'm going to say something here. Just, I've said this story before, and I'm going to condense it as quick as I can. I sat in a barbershop years ago, and I'm going to say this was in the 90s. They had those pictures that you could, if you stared at long enough, another picture would come out of it. You know, you couldn't really tell what it was, but you had to look at it, and then all of a sudden, this other picture came out. Well, the guys that were getting in the barber's chair, he was asking them, what's that picture? They couldn't see it. I sat in the, across the room. I stared at that picture. I stared until I looked like I was probably, I, I could see nothing in this picture. And I thought, watch, watch there be nothing there. And he's just doing this just to get a gag because he was known for gags. He had fake snot, and he'd act like he'd sneeze, and it'd be, you know, and people jump way back, and he'd. <laughs> yeah, it, was, it, was, it was a fun barber. I went in the barbershop once. He had swinging doors. He had rolled his pants legs up past his knee, took off his shirt, and was standing there like this. He goes, hey, we got a new policy. I'm just like, I am not coming in. <laughs> he swung the doors open, had it on his pants, and just started laughing, just cracking up. And so it was always an experience when I went to the barber. So I'm like, I don't know what he's doing. But I, I listened. Now, I want you to hear what I'm saying. I listened, and, and they got one guy in the chair. No, I, I can't see nothing. You can't see that? No, I can't see nothing. Got another guy. I can't see nothing. This is before you had appointments. How many remember those days? So then one guy got up there, and he said, can you see it? And the guy said, yes. He said, yeah, it's an Apollo spacecraft. It's, it's going right up there, and you can see the little moon going right up there. And, and, and the barber goes, that's right. You know, no, hardly anybody can see that. I was like, cha-ching. My turn in the chair. Hey, Brett, how you doing? I'm good. How are you? He said, hey, you see that picture over there? I sure do. He said, well, you see that? I said, well, you know what? Ooh, ooh. Yeah, I see the Apollo ship going right up there. See that little moon up there? He goes, man, that's great. You know what? I got out of that barber chair and left, and God said, you lied to him. I said, you right. He said, you got to make that right. I had to go back to the barber with every chair filled for people getting in there and said, I lied to you. 
I couldn't see that for anything. And he said, really? And then the one guy, the other barber, he goes, I wanted to do the Mark Lowry thing. You haven't been slapped today, have you? But I said, no. I said, I just didn't want to get up there and be embarrassed. And the Lord made me come back. I didn't even get to my car and had to walk back up and, you know. And he was just like, oh, man, that's great. He said, that's great you came back. And they talked about that every time I went in the barbershop for a long time. But you know what was important for me? I need to get that right. Because I needed to, to know. Now, now, let me just say, because in the scripture, as I look back, I want that glory to be fully intact. I want to be able to use that glory, what God wants me to use it for. Paul wanted our eyes to be open. Because you know what? Feelings will lead you wrong. If you want to rely on your five senses, they can mislead you. Truth and knowledge is what you need. What's the Bible say? The truth will set you free. Well, I need that freedom. I need that truth. I need that knowledge. It's not up to God whether you walk blessed in his best because he's already provided for it. It's up to you whether you do it. It's up to us. It's up to us to choose the way of the kingdom. It's up to us to say, God, I'm going to do what you say. I'm going to do to the best of my ability. And if along the way I stumble, that's what grace is about. That's what forgiveness is about. That's what repentance is about. That's what the blood is for. That's what 2,000 years ago he said, I made a way for you, Brett. I made a way for each of you. Most Christians believe the same issues non-believers have. We fight over fear. We fight over finances. We fight over relationships. Do you know marriage in, in Christian relationships isn't the stats aren't really hardly any better than the world. That should not be. We are Jesus followers. And we should be able to count because he's already provided of his supply. If we have that same power that raised him from the dead, we should start praising him. We should start thanking him before we ever see it. The enemy hates it when you start believing and thanking God before it ever shows up. Did you know Pastor Kim and I, we wrote our mortgage and stuff off before, put it in a sealed envelope, prayed over that puppy, and started praising God. It's paid for. It's paid for. Now, literally in the physical, it wasn't paid for, but as far as we were concerned, it was. And each one of those houses got paid for. Somebody give God a amen. If I gave you my car keys and, you, and then you ask me for the keys after I gave them to you and you have them in your hand, I think you lost your marbles. And I'd be thinking, why are you asking me to give you something I already gave you? I just gave you my car keys. Why are you asking for my car keys? You have them in your hand. Use the keys yourself. But that's how we treat God. Oh, God, please heal me. Now, God can't be confused, but I want you to listen to me a second. Just play along, so to speak. What if God asked Jesus these questions? Son, didn't you tell them that by your stripes they were healed? Why are they asking me to heal them? Didn't you tell them they're blessed with all spiritual blessings? Ephesians 1.3, all praise to God the Father of our Lord Jesus, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ. Son, didn't you tell them that you became poor so that they, through your poverty, they could be made rich? 
2 Corinthians 8, 9, the generous grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, though he was rich, yet for your sakes, mine and yours, he became poor so that by his poverty we could be made rich. Didn't you tell them I would supply all their needs? Philippians 4, 19, and the same God who takes care of me will supply all, 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 all your needs according from his glorious riches that have been given to us in Christ Jesus. So the, the needs that we have are not based on the world's economy. If you didn't get to the store because the bread aisle and the milk aisle have been ransacked or they said, hey, we're all going to need toilet paper and you couldn't make it, my God will find a way to get it to you. Come on. If you couldn't get there and you needed to get there, then don't worry about it because God says, I got you covered. And he'll find a way to make that happen. It's not based on the presidency. It's not based on the government. It's based on God and his word. But we have to believe that God has already done it. Let me, let me give you one more example. If, if you are watching TV and it's the Super Bowl, who day? Yes, yeah, somebody, it's Ohio team, who day, who? But you might be wanting the Rams. I don't know. But if you're watching and the set just went blank and turned off, the first thing you'd probably do is check to make sure it's plugged in, that it didn't come unplugged, that it's still plugged in. You may troubleshoot a little bit, but you wouldn't call NBC or CBS or whoever's broadcasting the game and say, what is your problem? Why'd you quit broadcasting? But that's what we do to God. We don't see results right away, so then we just go to God and say, Why? What is your problem? Why didn't you give it? Why didn't you do it? It's not God that didn't give it. It's not God that didn't do it. It's never his fault. It's us who quit receiving. Something stopped us. Did you know believing that God has already done it, seriously, is 90% of the battle? Because you all know your battle's between your two ears. Start thanking him just as if you already had it. Just as if you're debt free. Just as if that's paid for. Just as if. Can I say, I'm going to just give a quick testimony. In the middle of a pandemic, in the middle of all this stuff going on, my parents at 80 and 81 moved from their house and moved into a one-bedroom apartment. And in the middle of all that, you know, and he's, I remember I did his financial plan. And, and he was like, I have enough insurance to pay this off, but not both. Don't have to worry about it now because God blessed him. They, they sold the house, made money. He paid off the car, has no house payment. He's living now debt-free. That's amazing. Give God a shout for that. You got to start thanking him because he's not affected by pandemic. We believe we receive when we pray, not when it shows up. My friends, my challenge to you is this. This isn't just for the, the select or just, God doesn't just say, I'm going I'm to bless Dave today, but I'm not going to bless Brett. I'm going to bless Gibby, but I, I'm not going to bless, you know, Frankie or whoever. That's not how he works. He doesn't arbitrarily do that. He goes by covenant. 
He works by laws. He works by the kingdom. He works. You know what covenant means? Jesus is my Lord and Savior. I have favor with God. I believe what he did 2,000 years ago applies today. It's already done. So if God put it on my heart to believe for it, I'm going to sow and believe. I'm going to do whatever God tells me to do. And I have it as far as I'm concerned. I'm just waiting on it to show up. And I'm not talking about just material stuff. I'm talking about relationship. I'm talking about all kinds of things. It's there. You are already blessed. You just have to believe it. Start walking in it and watch it start happening. Bow your heads, close your eyes.